Well, good morning, everyone. I'm happy to be here this morning. Uh, this is officially Sunday message number two for me. Uh, I've been in church a long time, but uh, Sunday morning messages are still not a normal thing for me yet. Um, but I feel God has some really exciting things to challenge us with this morning. And I'm talking this morning about uh, walking with the Spirit. And for those of you who were here last week, Pastor Craig did such a wonderful job, such an amazing job, teaching us about the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you weren't here, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it yet, uh, it's a really amazing summary and breakdown uh, of the different roles of the Holy Spirit. But this morning, we're talking about walking with the Spirit. And this is something that's going to be familiar to some of you, um, maybe new to others. But I want to just explore together how we can all become more aware of the Holy Spirit, uh, to listen to what God is saying to us at all times, not just at set times, and to, to actually act on those little nudges we get that often come as interruptions as far as our agenda is concerned, so that we can be used by God to transform the world around us and point people to Jesus. So before we go any further, I just want to read a quick phrase uh, to you today that's adapted from Psalm 119, and I encourage everyone to just, just close your eyes for a second uh, so we can focus. Just take a deep breath as I read this, this short prayer. Lord, open my eyes so I may see all the wonderful things in your teachings. Lord, open our ears that we may hear the wonderful things in your word. And as we now open our eyes together, let's open our eyes, come back into the room. Uh, let's just repeat that prayer all together. Lord, open my eyes so I may see all the wonderful things in your teachings. Lord, open our ears that we may hear the wonderful things in your word. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your message. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. Lord, you long to lead us and guide us. And we say this morning, Lord, we thank you for the experience that we've had in worship. Lord, we thank you for the themes that you're speaking over us. Thank you for that depth of your love. And we thank you for your mercy, Lord, your mercy that triumphs over judgment. And Lord, that even as some of the songs today, there's just little verses, little phrases that that resonate so much with me as I've been preparing this week. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. Lord, you're speaking to us at all times. You're singing over us, even when we're not aware of it. And Lord, we just welcome Holy Spirit right now, Lord. We just, we say we don't wanna rush this morning. And we wanna receive all that you have for us. We wanna receive a fresh touch today that this isn't just a time where we sit and we listen and we take notes, but Lord, we still experience you. We still hear from you. So lead us and guide us this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. So today, I have a, a little bit of ground to cover, but as we've been doing, I just wanna invite you all to stand as I read the word, and we're gonna be uh, from Galatians 5, verse 13 today. And, and again, as we've been standing, this is, this is something a little bit new for some of us, but we turn, we give God, it's an opportunity to give God our full attention. Yes, to turn our ears, but also our bodies out of reverence for this amazing gift of his word. And we don't have to uh, repeat, but if you just listen to what I'm gonna be saying, 
just kind of listen for some of the words or phrases that would stand out to you. So Galatians 5 verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one phrase. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Some of your eyes got a little bit wide there. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Okay, please be seated. Yeah, it is, it is good stuff. And I know for some of us, we've, we are maybe familiar with the songs or the rhymes or the, the repeating of the fruits of the Spirit. But what's really interesting about this passage is that this verse can so easily, and it's often taken kind of out of context in, in terms of that we just focus on the parts that we want to focus on uh, and the parts that we want to reinforce. So what are we really talking about here? Walking in step with the Spirit, but not just because that's a good thing to do or because it will enrich our own life or our own sense of well-being. No, it's so we can produce the fruit of the Spirit with other people, with other people in community. So when we think of something like patience, it's not so that we can just be a more patient person. It's so that we can be patient with the people around us, right? And it's talking about what is produced when we are in step with the Spirit. So again, not just good things to do, not just nice virtues, but when we are in step with the Spirit, these are the things that we'll see. This is the fruit that we will see. And, and for those who memorize them in Sunday school, it's the love, it's the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I want to I be around people like that. I want to experience those kinds of fruits and I want to let my life demonstrate these things to those who maybe don't even know God, but might notice something in a life that has lived this way and, and want to know what's different. And walking by the Spirit and even listening to the Holy Spirit is something we can benefit from ourselves, but that's not the fullness of it. And right here in Galatians 5, God is pointing out that it's for the purposes of loving our neighbor as we love ourselves, loving others as God has loved us, and serving one another. 
And when we think about walking with the Spirit, one of the common analogies, or one, one of the common ways that we're led by the Spirit is through hearing His voice. And some of us that we would say, you know, we hear God every day, we're used to hearing His voice, we're clear on what that is. Maybe for others, you're newer to these ideas. You're, you're wondering if God still speaks today, or how He speaks, or maybe unsure exactly what the formula is. So I read this book recently by Pete Gregg, who's the founder of 24-7 Prayer. You can just about see it there. It's called uh, How to Hear God, A Simple Guide for Normal People. And when it was delivered, I opened it up, I showed my wife, and she said, ah, oh, sorry, Joe, it says normal people. You can't read that. But this book really is, it is phenomenal. Uh, it will blow your mind with just how simple it is. And I think for me, it wasn't necessarily loads of new things, but it was just reminders, clear, specific reminders that the truths that we can so easily forget through normal life. And it will give you a new perspective of, of what you thought you knew about hearing God, maybe even activate a hunger in you uh, that will challenge you to want to hear God even more and recognize that He's already speaking to you in each moment. And John Mark Comer, as we reference a lot here, he said, it's the best book I've ever read on the most important thing that you'll ever do. Which is a big statement. So if you get nothing else today, order the book. It's wonderful. <laughs> but one of the things that comes with the territory of hearing God is this. To hear God, and to be clear, we believe we can all still hear God. We believe we can all hear God. It's not reserved just for leaders or holy people or people with some special title or talent or gift. I'm talking today about, I'm not talking today, about whether we believe we can still hear God. So if you have questions about that, Johnny, he's going to be the guy. But the ability to hear God will bring with it many interruptions. And those interruptions are really twofold. One form of interruption might be when God decides to speak. You know, just the time of our day, the time of in the middle of some activity, it's when he decides to speak, which, which may be inconvenient. And another form of interruption, or another level of interruption, is what God actually says, what Holy Spirit speaks to us that really goes against our plan, our agenda, maybe every natural inclination that you think you have. And I wonder how many times uh, in our own lives that we miss God, either because we aren't listening or because we have too many things going on, um, or we listen and we hear, but we don't actually do what he says. Right? And I think that's a huge challenge for us today. Um, because sometimes we can, we can just say, it's too much of an interruption for us. And we actually have to be in the mindset of welcoming Holy Spirit so that we don't run in the other direction when we get interrupted by something that's really outside of what we were thinking, what our plan was, what we thought was possible, or what we even would enjoy or think about enjoying doing. And how much do we miss God because those interruptions are always just simply interruptions? But if we live by the Spirit, and we want the fruits of the Spirit, then we must walk in step with the Spirit. And we've heard this kind of analogy before, walking in step with the Spirit, moving at the same speed, and that's part of it. But it's not just about speed, it's not just about walking together, about 
going too fast or going too slow. That's not what I'm pointing out here. It's more about listening and walking, right? Listening and walking and boldly following what he says to do when really we're wrapped up in our own agenda. So we're going to explore interruptions a little bit more this morning. Uh, We're going to look at some interruptions that Jesus had that we find in Scripture and what that means for us. We're going to look at what interruptions mean for us in our own lives. And then we'll look at what it means to embrace interruptions so the people around us can truly experience that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. If I say that enough times, you might remember them all. So I think many of us who've read through the Gospels, looking at this first point here, many of us who've read through the Gospels would say and agree that Jesus faced a ton of interruptions in his ministry. It's it's hard for me to pick just one, but I want to just give an example today, looking at Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Turn with me if you want. The words will be on the screen. But Mark chapter 5, like I said, there's so many that we could pick from. You could do a a year-long series on just the amount of times that that Jesus was interrupted. But Mark chapter 5, verse 21, says, When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered with him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came over, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed all around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus... She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And immediately, immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And at once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my clothes? Do you see the people crowding against you? His disciples answered. And yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Now, there's so much to this passage, obviously. Again, there's so much that we could go in a million different directions here, so much to the cultural significance, and we could do another series just on this interaction. But I really want to just focus specifically on the interruption. Jesus was teaching already when Jairus approached him in distress. His daughter is dying. And desperately, he approaches Jesus in front of all these people, in front of him already teaching, 
in the middle of his teaching, while, while people are probably having their minds blown or some major wisdom imparted, they all get up when Jesus decides to go and they follow Jairus back to his house. And Jesus, in that moment, he could have easily just said, all right, hang on here. I'm the son of God. Let me finish. I've got something to say today. It's really important. But he says, no, they all got up. And that was, first of all, an interruption. But what happens next after that? After already having his sermon stopped abruptly, on their way there, a woman who was desperate for healing, right? She tried everything else and suffered for 12 years. She, she reached out and touched Jesus' cloak in faith. And she knew that he could heal her. And Jesus felt that power go out from him. So he stopped, he turned, and he sought out the woman, and he encouraged her. And we notice that Mark here, he captures a lot of detail. This isn't just a quick kind of thing that happened. This wasn't Jesus saying, all right, touch my cloak, you're welcome. Anyone else need to touch my cloak so we can kind of crank out some more miracles here? This was not what happened. Jesus took the time to heal her story, enough so that Mark can capture all of these details. He stopped on his journey, spoke to this woman, heard her story, healed her, and not just through a physical miracle, but he gives a word of encouragement as well. And we can, again, go to so many layers to unpack this interaction and all the depth of it, but that's not my main point. The main point is Jesus was open to interruptions, and this one radically transformed this situation. He didn't care if it threw his plans off. He was about his father's business. And again, this is one example. There's tons more throughout the Gospels where Jesus needed to bring healing or encouragement or correction or teaching or kindness. And Jesus was interrupted, but not just in an external inconvenience. He turned these interruptions into invitations and encouragement and encounter for all people. And God wants to partner with us in this as well as we bring heaven to earth for his glory and for our good. And it starts often with his words telling us what to do, directing our path, telling us what to say to people, telling us who to be around. There's a book uh, by Bob Goff called Everybody Always. And it's just a, a quick quote here. It says, loving people the way Jesus did means living a life of constant interruptions. Take the calls, interrupt your days, be excessively available, and you'll be just like Jesus. It's true. It's, it's true. It's tough, to, it's tough to come to terms with, but it's true because it's so simple but it requires so much from us. And in an age of distractions and hurry, choosing to say yes to interruptions is countercultural. It requires an attitude change, a mindset change, maybe even a very practical schedule change. Because if our schedule is full to the brim, there's no margin in our calendar or in our minds, we can easily miss the power of God. One of the greatest ways we can embrace interruptions is by simply pausing more. Some of, the, some of us remember the announcement message that comes on TV uh, during some kind of TV show, inevitably always at the wrong time, right? We interrupt the regularly scheduled program to bring you 
this important message, where something becomes just a little bit more important than what was already scheduled, what was regularly scheduled. Do we welcome that interruption from our regularly scheduled programming to receive what Holy Spirit wants to speak moment by moment? Do we take the time to ask Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now? Increasing the frequency of us doing that simple practice with a heart of humility can change everything and has changed everything. And for some of us, we're, we may be overwhelmed by the concept of doing whatever God says, whenever He says it, either because we're not familiar enough with His voice to put ourselves out there and to trust it, or we're just not aware because of how quiet it can be compared to all the other things that we have turned up really loud in our lives. And as Pastor Craig said last week, the Holy Spirit will help us show us sometimes where we need to turn. He'll make us sensitive to things that we're doing in life. And this isn't to make us feel sad or shamed, but so we can be more like Jesus and live the kind of life that God has called us to. And the Spirit convicts us sometimes around sin or righteousness. And do you ever get that feeling like, I just shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't have said that. I just need to go and help that person. Or maybe something more specific like that for you. And yes, there are these kind of direct interruptions for our lives. But interruptions can also show up in good ways in the middle of good things. And it's actually very common to be interrupted while reading the Bible. It happens to me all the time. And I don't just mean the external interruption of one of our kids wanting another snack, right? I mean being interrupted by the living Word of God. And sometimes that living Word is going to be an interruption to the written Word. I'm going to say that one again. The living Word will interrupt the written Word. The written Word simply meaning the actual words that are on the page. We can read them and not think anything of them. We can get through our checklist. The written Word is so much different to the living word. When we invite God to speak that living word, we don't just need to get through the chapter, check the box for the day, if we're on some Bible reading plan, it can be turned into a routine very easily. And some of us, it feels like such a battle just to get 15 consecutive minutes alone with God. Sometimes we pat ourselves on the back for, for how studious we are and how consistent we are with our reading without realizing, did I pause, did I reflect, did I really read it, did I really take what God wanted to speak to me today? And again, that's, that's not to say, oh yeah, go back and read it again, but do we miss what Holy Spirit wants to speak to us? Another quote from uh, Pete Gregg in How to Hear God is this, by training ourselves to hear God's voice where it's easiest in the Bible, we gradually learn to hear his voice everywhere else as well. And I've talked a lot today about battling our own agenda or our own plans. And, and let me tell you, there's, there's nothing wrong with having regularly scheduled programming or, or having activities in your life. 
God created us to do these things. He's gifted us. He's designed us to be good at many different things and contribute in many different ways in many different places. But when we reframe all of that stuff as an opportunity to walk with the Spirit, embracing positive interruptions and integrating God with all the other areas of our life, when we start to let the Spirit inside of us spill out and show up everywhere we walk, we stop gratifying the desires of our flesh and all of the love, the joy, the peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control can show up as we serve one another in love and we point people to the God that we serve. So as we think more about interruptions for others, for the sake of others, let's just go back to Galatians 5. The simple phrase, love through love, serve one another. God wants to speak to us. We don't have to beg or perform or, or get through a list of requirements to earn the right to hear his voice. He is speaking to us, even right now. He speaks to us so we know, so we know who he wants us to serve, how he wants to serve them, and even what we need to do ourselves in order to serve them. And there could be some excuses, right? The enemy would love to kick us off that course or hinder the transformation. We think, I don't really know who to help. I don't know how to help them. I don't know where to help, where to go. I don't know what I could possibly give. I don't know if I would really be helpful. Maybe I don't have the time. I don't know if it's the right time. And there are people all around us, and I believe God is just wanting us to pause and think again today in every different place that we're called we're not called to be isolated some of those people that are around us are Christians and God calls us to serve one another in love that might be through encouragement or prayer or some ministry that you're involved with or or any number of other ways but some of the people around us will be people who aren't Christians people who need a savior people who haven't found Jesus yet who don't understand what he's really done for them. And the Holy Spirit wants to partner with you to help people discover that different message. Maybe a different message that they've heard from this world or that they hear all around them every day from different sources. To be able, in love, to recognize the sin in their lives, not in a judgmental way, as we've been talking about this morning, but in a loving way way from a God who desires the best for them. And the Holy Spirit will help uncover and proclaim the righteousness of Jesus and what he's done for us to take away that sin. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, live with the fruit of the Holy Spirit, all of those characteristics that we've listed. And I just want to challenge us today, you know, this is a simple word. Would we be a people who sees each and every opportunity that we're given? Would we be a people who live to embrace the inconvenience, let's just call it out, the inconvenience of interruptions for the sake of what God wants to do? And to serve people well, we've got to listen to what the Spirit is saying to us. And He may speak something very specific and unique to you. Right? We can't just wait for other people to tell us what to do. To serve people well, we cannot reach them 
if we don't actually do what the Spirit is saying moment by moment in the mundane activities, in the things that we don't expect, outside of these four walls, right? When we leave today, we're interacting with people all around us. And do we pause to say, Holy Spirit, how can you use me today? Who do you want me to speak to? Who do you want me to encourage? Maybe today is just that little shift. It's just a small adjustment. Maybe we, we want to hear God. We invite God to speak to us. But we've been focused more on our own lives, our own needs, our own things that we do want to see transformation, and that's good. But I just believe God is wanting to say, in love, serve one another. Serve one another. And perhaps we need to be saying, as God's people, Lord, I'm your servant. I'm listening. Show me who else is around me. Show me how you want me to show up today. What can I contribute? How have you designed me to contribute in the places that you've called me? What encouragement can I give? And I want to know and recognize his voice more. And not hyped up by this idea and just go about our regular scheduled programming, our regularly scheduled Sunday lunch and forget this challenge by Monday. I don't want to live just for myself, but I want to live for you and walk with you and share you with the people around me. And maybe, Braden, if you just want to put some ministry music on, I, I just want to create some space for Holy Spirit to speak now. I just want to open up the space for some interruptions for what we think is happening and what we thought was going to happen today and maybe what we expect from God. We just want to create the space for Holy Spirit to speak to us and to walk in step with Him and, and to not just hear the words, but to even dare to ask the questions, Lord, what would you have me do today? Maybe it's not that far out, right? We're, we're not going to stand on the corner of the street with a bullhorn. But maybe it's just in your own family, in your own marriage. It doesn't have to be about proclaiming the gospel or evangelizing or reaching the lost. That may be you, but it may be smaller than that. If that seems overwhelming, it may be smaller than that. It may just start with the people that you're already in relationship with. And you just get a sense from deep inside that you need to speak something. Or even just say, can I pray for you? And see what happens next. So I just believe God wants to wash over us and give us boldness. To be in the places that we are and to not be so 
focused on ourselves, Lord. There is time and there is, there is grace and there is mercy for the things that you are transforming in us. But Lord, one of the ways that we will be transformed is by having that outward approach and awareness of the people all around us. That's where we're going to see the fruits of the Spirit show up. we pray for that boldness today Lord would this word seek deep into our hearts not just be a good idea but Lord something that transforms us Lord as we ask at the very beginning open our eyes to the wonderful things the amazing things in your word we pray for that boldness Lord to walk where you call us when we get that feeling to actually just take a small step and say, you know what, I may be way off here, but I'm going to try it for the sake of His kingdom, for the sake of His glory. Help us use even the tools that you've given us already. Sometimes some of us maybe just need a, a physical reminder, some alarm on our phone that says, did I pause today? Or have I just been moving from one thing to the next? And Lord, it, it's easy maybe for us on a slower pace of a Sunday to make space and make room. But Lord, help us this week as we go out into our different spaces, as we go out into our different areas and people, help us to bring you into those spaces and to be led by your spirit. as we go about our lives.